Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you needed. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. We are live in studio today, and uh, so excited to be here. It's been such a warm week. It's been beautiful as well, and uh, it's been warm. It's been warm. I think we've been talking about that. <laughs> Everybody's been talking about how warm it is and how hot it's going to be. It feels like it's going to be here for a while, and uh, the, I guess the best thing to do is just embrace it, right? Just just uh, enjoy it, have fun, do your thing. Uh, but there's a lot of things that are going to be happening. I think over the next few weeks, uh, we're already seeing a lot of uh, struggles with uh, plants that usually don't seem to struggle. I'm noticing a lot of people asking about uh, different plants, things that I usually think are you know really hardy. Um, but we're starting to see some issues with even those plants as well, and, and we're probably going to continue seeing that. So, I uh, really want to talk about some of those things, some of the things that we can do to try to just help our plants, uh, our lawns, our gardens, our veggies, our trees and shrubs get through this hot time of year. Plants are usually pretty good about adapting and, and getting through these things, but there's a few things that we can do to help things along. So, we're going to get into some of those things and talk about. Some of the specifics, things you might be seeing. So if you've got some things that you're seeing out in the lawn and garden, and I know there's a lot of stuff happening. I've been getting uh, lots of emails and questions on Facebook about a lot of different things uh, that people are seeing in their lawns and gardens. If you've got something and you want to ask, I'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. There's a lot of things going on, a lot of things to talk about. And Zamzo's got a lot of solutions for you. We've got a lot of ways to help you out with those things. So uh, go ahead and give us a call if you have any questions, and uh, we'll take those calls and get you some answers. So the first thing I want to talk about today is uh, our tomatoes. So a lot of tomatoes tend to struggle this time of year, and a lot of people have been noticing that they're they're starting to slow down. They're not seeing as many blooms. Uh, they're seeing blooms, and they're falling off. Uh, you may even start to see some wilted leaves, even though you know that uh, it's getting plenty of water. You might start seeing some end rot on the the fruit that you do have. So we're going to get into some of those situations and why those things are happening. So I want to start with uh, the first thing 
is the flowering. There's a lot of people, you know, you put your tomato in and you you do all that early spring work and, you know, you expect to get uh, flowers that turn in tomatoes and then you get to harvest tomatoes and eat them, do lots of stuff with them. And you get to a part in the year where, like right now, where it's been so hot, over 100 degrees for almost, I don't know if it got over 100 degrees yesterday, but I think we did 10 in a row and we're probably going to have, you know, another spell of 100 plus days. Uh, and, and the tomatoes just, they don't do the thing that you're expecting them to do. And there's a couple of things that are happening when you're seeing that those tomatoes, those blooms aren't setting. And I think it, it, it one of the, one of the things it boils down to is the variety of tomatoes. So typically we kind of put tomatoes in two different categories. You have determinate and you have indeterminate, right? So indeterminate means it will continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and get really large and uh, never stops uh, growing all over the place. So those are usually like your cherry tomatoes. Uh, Romas a lot of times are indeterminate. And there, there are other varieties that can do that as well. And then determinate varieties where it's only going to get so tall and then it stops growing. It's just not going to get as large. Uh, so you can determine how big it's going to be. But there's also... Um, Another category that we don't talk about quite as much, and it's a, a short fruiting and a long fruiting season. So these are going to be things like your early girl is going to be a short fruiting season. So it's uh, day to harvest time is usually around 60, 65 days. You know, something like celebrity is 70 days. Fourth of July is another one, very short, 50 to 60 days. So those uh, varieties of tomatoes, they set fruit and and mature a lot faster than something like, you know, your really big tomatoes, like your mortgage lifters, one that always comes to mind, Oxheart. Some of those really big tomatoes, they take a lot longer. So those are longer, like 70, 90, even sometimes 120 days before you're harvesting those tomatoes. So those are the, those would be your long season, your long season fruiting seasons. And the, what I've, what you'll tend to see is that those short, short fruit seasons, uh, tomatoes will, uh, they don't like the heat. They, they bloom really quickly. They produce very early. And then once we get to usually about 95, close to a hundred, they basically just kind of stop fruiting. The plant just doesn't do it. They won't set, they won't even produce fruit sometimes. So you'll have, uh, you know, your early girl tomato right now. It might put on a bloom or two, but usually they'll fall off within a day. They won't hold on to them because what that plant's doing is conserving moisture. It's trying to just survive the heat. It's in survival mode and uh, waiting for it to cool down again before it starts to rebloom and, and start setting fruit again. So you really want to, if you're noticing those things on those on those fruit or on your earlier tomatoes, you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna start having those issues and. The, the big problem is it got so hot so quickly. You know, we had such lack of rain through the season uh, and it was, you know, we didn't have a lot of cool temperatures, but we just got really hot really quickly. So they didn't get a chance to really set a bunch of fruit and keep growing that fruit until it got super hot and it just, they kind of stopped. But all hope is not lost. We can certainly do some things for those. And I think the best thing you can do or might want to do first off is grab uh, some of, we call it, it's called Blossom Set Spray. And it's just a little bottle. We have them at Zamzo's. And when you go out, you're working in your uh, garden, and you see your tomato has some blooms on it, 
get that set spray and you just spray it on the blooms, just right around the flower, right where it's at. And actually what it is is a hormone. It'll actually help that bloom hold on for just a, a couple days, a little bit longer, so that it can actually set fruit. And it also helps pollinate it. So uh, you don't have to have a bee right there. The actual set spray will help pollinate it and help it hold on to that spot so it can actually set the fruit and get past that really stressful moment. And then you've you've essentially corrected it. And then when you, what a lot of people will, you know, if the tomato's not going to do anything, I'm not going to keep it. Well, that's not a great idea either. You want to let that, keep that tomato healthy. Get it all the way through this heat. Help it, give it everything it needs. And when it cools down, those early uh, fruiting tomatoes will bloom again and you'll be able to get a crop later on as it cools down. Uh, so you can, and your tomatoes can, you can let those go all the way until uh, frost. So there's no reason to get rid of them. Just keep them healthy. Keep feeding them. Keep watering. I know it seems like kind of a, you know, it's not really giving you anything, but once it starts to cool down, if it's got everything it needs, it's going to set that fruit and it's going to bloom and you're going to get a nice crop towards the end of the year. And you'll still have plenty of time to make some spaghetti sauce or caprese salad, whatever it is you want to grow or make with your uh, your tomatoes. Because there's a lot of stuff that we can still do with it. So don't don't lose hope on those early blooming tomatoes. They still have plenty of time to get some. And that fruit that set spray really does help. I've had uh, those uh, particular varieties uh, where you know they just they weren't setting, and I just you know I said you know what I'm just going to give it a try. I've been selling this stuff for years, hadn't had to use it. Uh, and I and I tried it, and you can use it on your other plants as well. If you've got cucumbers uh, or squash, some of those things, and those aren't setting either, sometimes uh, that set spray can help those as well. Uh, your peppers as well, you can just just get that on there, and it'll help pollinate and help them hold on for just a little bit longer, so that they can actually set. And uh, I'll tell you what, just doing it a couple times, I actually just kind of fixed it. You know, saw those tomatoes set, they kept going and uh, had plenty of harvest and we got lots of time left so you can definitely get those going in okay hey if you want to be a part of the show we're going to talk about some more tomato problems that are starting to show up but we'll get into some lawn and garden stuff as well some bug stuff lots of things going on lots of damage we're starting to see this time of year so give us a call 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI the Zemzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and the biggest biomass consumers in the country are not cattle. They're grasshoppers, at least according to a scientist at the Oregon Department of Agriculture. And he ought to know because in 2021, Eastern Oregon has been hit with swarms of grasshoppers who, kind of like teenagers, are moving through eating everything in sight. But controlling grasshoppers can be challenging, so treating them early while they're still young is most effective. At Zamzo's, we have several cures that work well. For your garden, we recommend our Zamzo Z1 Concentrate. And if grasshoppers are eating your trees, shrubs, and flowers, Zamzo's Z1 Liquid works there too. For your lawn, Zamzo's Z1 Granules or our Zamzo's Chinch Bud Control both work well on grasshoppers. But if you're seeing them now, don't wait, because grasshoppers eat from the day they're born till the day they die. So don't let them get the jump on you. Hop to it and get the jump on them with help from us at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including Middleton on Highway 44, just east of Emmett Road. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. News talk doesn't have to be boring. Weekday mornings at 5, it's Casper and Chris on 670 KBOI. 
All right, we're back for part two of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and uh, with me today is Tara, just taking care of things. <laughs> Thanks, Tara. Hey, if you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you if you got something going on in the lawn or garden. There's a lot of stress going on right now, a lot of bug damage starting to show up, uh, a lot of weeds, lots of things are happening. So give us a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. We do have a call from Dick in Eagle. Dick, how's it going? How can I help you today? Uh, yes, uh, I have, cra- I think, crabgrass in my lawn. What what do I do to get rid of it? Uh, so we've got uh, a couple, well, really we just have, I think we have one product right now you can use on the crabgrass. Um, and it's called sedge ender. Um, and the, the real issue with crabgrass and using a selective, uh, grass killer, uh, herbicides that are selective are really, you know, different. They use different methods to kill the plant. And when you're dealing with two grasses, the methods you use are a little bit different. And so it's actually very slow. You can use the sedge ender. It's going to be very slow to kill. Um, it also kills goosegrass and it also kills sedge, which are the three of the kind of your main weedy grasses in the lawn right now. But that sedge ender will do it. You're going to have to reapply in about 30 days after the first application. And just remember, it's going to be very, very slow. You're not going to see a lot of uh, stuff happening uh, until you're you know, getting closer to that 30 days. The warmth is going to help it move a little bit faster. Um, but it's, it, it is a slow chemical. And then the main thing to remember is that crabgrass and goosegrass are preventers. So did you, did you put any of the preventers down this, this last spring? Uh, no, I didn't. And I have a, a dwarf fescue as, as the lawn. Uh-huh. So, uh, yeah. And that'll be fine with, uh, using the, the sedge ender to kill the the weedy grass. But while, if you're going to come in and pick some up, what you might want to do is just grab a sample of it in, bring it into the store, and let them take a look at it so they can just double check because uh, crabgrass uh, in, like I said, crabgrass, goosegrass, nutshedge are very common right now, but we'll also see quackgrass and and even some others. So you really want to make sure that we identify it uh, and, and get the right product to you. All right. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thanks a lot for the call, Dick. Appreciate that. And, uh, hey, if you want to be a part of the show, we'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. There's a lot of stuff going on in the lawn and garden, a lot of weeds, a lot of bugs popping up, a lot of plants are stressing out, and I'd love to help you figure out how to uh, keep them healthy. So it looks like we got another call from Betty in Weezer. Betty, how's it going? How can I help you? Uh, I'm going good. Um, I have three raspberry plants in pots. And they were producing raspberries pretty good, and then the hundred degree heat hit, and they've they've stopped. Yeah. Will they resume when it cools down? Uh, raspberries are only uh, once a year bloomers, typically. So you may get a few later on in the year, but chances are they're pretty much done uh, for this year. They'll, they'll they'll typically just have one bloom in in fruit set, and then they're going to be done. Uh, there might be some everbearing or ones that might kind of bloom a little bit more often, but typically your raspberries and blackberries are just uh, once a t- once a year. Okay, thank you. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for the call, Betty. 
Uh, interesting. I had a situ. I was uh, when I was in Portland a couple weeks ago. I got to go to my uncle's farm uh, in Troutdale, Oregon, and they sell lots of uh, they sell lots of things. But in their Troutdale farm, they actually grow raspberries on that farm and grapes. But the raspberries, he was saying, they were having such a hard time with the raspberries in the heat because as they warmed up, the berries that had been set and were growing, the plants got stressed out from the lack of, from the heat and you know water stress that the plants actually took the water back out of the berries. So they were really seeing a, a decline in uh, their berry production because the plants were so stressed out. So that's something to keep an eye on as you know, if you've got those, those berries, those fruit that are there, you want to make sure that these, your plants have the amount of water that they need uh, so that they, because those, those fruit, that fruit is a lot of water. It uses a lot of water. So you got to make sure you got enough water out there for that fruit to keep uh, stay healthy and the plant doesn't uh, take it back. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, if you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. And uh, there's a lot of stuff talk, to talk about today. I've been talking about tomatoes, so we're going to get back to that a little bit. I was talking about uh, how the uh, a lot of your early blooming tomatoes will tend to stop setting fruit here when we get hot. But there's a couple of other things that can start to happen right now. One of the others, uh, really common things that you'll start to notice this time of year for the plants that do have uh, fruit set on them, you might start to see uh, blossom end rot. And blossom end rot is, you know, for a long time we would sell things like calcium supplements and then they, they kind of help, but really blossom end rot comes down to watering. And it's usually uh, either too much or not enough, or it's kind of the combination of the two extremes. So it goes from too much to not enough back to too much. So the real trick to stopping blossom end rot is to just make sure your watering is consistent. Set a schedule, water it really deep, Give it a couple of days and then water it really deep again. And that consistency will actually make sure that the calcium and everything that comes into the plant is getting all the way into the fruit and making sure that you don't get those uh, soft spots on the fruit. Now, you can, if you do have some blossom end rot, you can uh, actually harvest the fruit, cut out the blossom end rot. The tomato is still uh, viable where it's not gone uh, to that black gross stuff, you can actually cut it off. A lot of people probably just throw them away. That's totally fine. It's up to you, whatever you can withstand, but, uh, you can still, uh, eat a lot of that. Um, it might be a little bit of a more watery fruit, but, uh, but you can still, still do that. So, uh, the other things that tend to show up right now with your tomatoes, uh, right now you might start seeing leaves that start to wilt or curl, a lot of a couple of different situations that can show up. So one thing that I always like to, you know, look at if you see the leaves of the tomato are curling, like they're curling underneath each other and just kind of rolling up, uh, then usually that means you've got too much water and you can let them dry out for a little bit longer. So space your watering out. If you're watering every day, you know, go to every two days. Uh, water for a little bit longer and water every two days. If you uh, are watering every two days, try to go every three days and just space that out a little bit so the soil has some time to dry out and those leaves will actually show uh, unroll and, and look start to look normal. It's not a critical situation uh, for the, the plant. It just you know it doesn't look 
you know, quite what we expect our tomato plant to look like. So uh, now there are a few other situations where you might actually get some wilting leaves. Now, aside from a watering issue, which is easily remedied by, uh, you know, digging up a little bit of soil around it, seeing how wet the soil is and adjusting accordingly. If you're starting to notice uh, brown spots or wilting leaves aside from that watering issue, there's a couple of diseases that will start to show up right now. One of your more common ones is going to be uh, either early blight or late blight. They basically are the same. They're, they're diff- technically different funguses or diseases that get into tomatoes, and they do the same thing, but they, it's just a matter of when they show up. So uh, usually what we get around here is late blight, um, even though we consider it pretty early in the season. It's still called late blight. Uh, but the big key to notice with uh, blight is where the leaves start to have trouble. If it's starting to wilt and turn brown at the bottom of the plant, then you know you've, you then you're more likely going to be dealing with a uh, late blight or an early blight because it actually is soil borne. It bounces up off the soil and gets onto the lower limbs of the plant, and that's where it causes problems. Typically, if it's wilting up at the top, now that's more likely going to be a water situation, either too much and or uh, it could be too little and or it could be too much. You got to keep an eye on that. But that late blight, best thing to do if you start to see late blight or early blight, prune out all those lower limbs. It's not going to be, it's not going to hurt the tomato. Just prune them all out. Try to get those limbs up above the soil. If you're watering overhead, uh, stop doing that and just water below. Just soak soak the soil underneath them. You don't need to water them overhead. They don't typically tend to like water on the leaves throughout the day. So just uh, take stop doing that. Water them on the base, and uh, they'll be much happier. And uh, you can eliminate that late blight with really no chemical use. If it gets up higher, you might need to do some copper or some fungonil to get that out of there. But typically, if you can prune it out and uh, and change up your watering, you can eliminate those problems from even continuing throughout the season you have good luck with that all right we got to go to another break if you want to be a part of the show i'd love to talk to you give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-kboi this is the zamzo's garden show and we'll be right back the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk 670 kboi Hi, this is Jim Zamzel, and I'm here in my garden with my granddaughter, Addie. Hi, Grandpa. I see you're stirring up a bucket of brown stuff. I'm a little afraid to ask what that is. No need to be afraid, Addie. I'm making up a batch of my famous compost tea. Are you going to drink that, Grandpa? No, I'm going to put it on my garden. You see, I add the ingredients and some water, place it in the hot sun, and stir it every day for three days. And then you have a tea party for your plants. Exactly. I simply take the finished compost tea and put it on everything I'm growing in my garden. Think of it as a turbo boost for your plants, but one you can only make when it's hot outside. Well, you picked the right time of year for that, Grandpa. So how does someone get the recipe for your secret compost tea? Or is that a secret? No, I want everyone to have it. Just come into any Zamzos and tell them you want to learn how to make compost tea. Sounds like a deal, Grandpa. Now let's go inside and have some iced tea. I'll take two sugars in mine. I don't know if you'll need it, Addie. You're pretty sweet anyway. Oh, Grandpa. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 
All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie, and if you'd like to be a part of the show, I would love to get a chance to talk to you. Give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. We've been talking about uh, taking care of your tomatoes while it's hot like this, even if your tomatoes are you know, not being as productive, they're not doing as much. There's a few things you can do. Keep them going because once it cools down, they're going to start blooming again, and you'll get a nice fall crop of tomatoes. So looks like we do have a phone call from Sarah in Boise. Sarah, how's it going? How can I help you? Well, pretty good, and good morning to you. Good morning. Two, two questions, maybe three. Okay. One, <laughs> if you've got time. I, and then, sure I do. Um, I had a problem with my lawn last year. I had spots, and I brought a sample in, and they thought it was some kind of fungus, so I got the product put yep. it on, reseeded it. The grass came in beautiful this year early. Well, now it is turning brown, just terrible brown in spots. And I, and I did use Restore and everything else on it this year, and I'm not quite sure what's going on. Okay. Um, are these the same spots you saw last year? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So a couple of things, usually when I, um, usually when you have the same spot showing up, you know, in multiple seasons, um, I usually tend to rule out a lot of bug and disease issues because those things are, they're animals and they move around, right? So they don't usually show up in the same area year after year after year. Um, they'll usually, you know, they might be in the same yard, but they'll be in a different corner of the yard. And that's that's kind of how I tend to start looking at it. Doesn't mean that it, they're not it's not there. Um, the other the next thing I always try to do whenever I've got a spot, just it's a spot like that. Um, I take out, I get the hose and I just drop the hose in that spot and I let it soak for about two or three hours. Just a slow trickle. Just really soak it in. And what I've found is when I do that, I'll actually, you can actually start to see if it's a water issue, you'll actually start to see the grass perk back up pretty quickly. And you'll even, you'll, you'll notice it's, it starts to look a little bit better relatively fast. So that's like the first thing, right? Because it's not going to, tr- yeah, you know, you don't I've, have to spend I've any money. Tried it. Okay. So you've done that. Yeah. Great. So right. you've, if and you I do have automatic sprinklers on it also. Okay. So if you, so you've, you've really soaked it in good and you've got your sprinklers yeah. going and it didn't improve at all. The next thing I would no. look at is probably some sort of soil issue. Now there could be, there's a lot of times where the soil just gets really hard and it won't, uh, you could put as much, you could put, you know, gallons and gallons and gallons of water out there and it just won't okay. soak into that spot. So the soil is just compacted or it's hardened or it's just got too much calcium or whatever it is. It just won't soak in there and it's just running off and evaporating. So the next thing I like to do is just, you know, get the shovel out or what I call, I call okay. it the screwdriver test. So all you need okay. is you just take a, a nice, you know, long screwdriver and you poke okay. it into the ground where it's green and then go in, in, in and then poke it into the, the brown area and note the difference. Okay. If it's in that you use that, that screwdriver, you poke it into the green area, it should go all the way up to the handle really easily. If you push okay. it into the dry or the brown area, excuse me, and you can't do it can't go as as far in as easily then you've got this mm-hmm. compacted soil that's not accepting water and that is just okay. a really easy way to just see if it's a soil issue 
I've with, tried gypsum too for three years now. Yeah, and gypsum's uh, gypsum kind of helps, but it doesn't last for very long. Did you notice any increase okay. or change with using the gypsum? Not, not really. Yeah. No. So gypsum is is still a it's still an element, and it still needs to break down and get in there. Um, we've I've I, I don't recommend gypsum as much as I used to. Um, the one okay. thing I do like to do, uh, do that screwdriver test first and, and figure okay. that out. But if you do notice that it's really hard and you can't push that screwdriver in very far, um, the product okay. I really like to use is called Peniturf, and it's a liquid product, okay. and you just pour it on, around that in that, that spot, and it helps the water get through there. I've had lots of different lawns that I've taken care of over the years where they've had issues like that. Well, like you know, The first okay. year we got um, Peniturf, I used it um, in my my house because my house had my front lawn has a, a manhole cover in it. Like I was the lucky person okay. on the block who got to take <laughs> care of the manhole cover. Um, but it was in my lawn. It's in my lawn, and for the first five years in this house, there was a strip of it right in front of that that manhole cover that always would be just off colored. And it didn't matter how much fertilizer, or whatever, how much water I did, it was always off color. It was always different color than the rest of the lawn. I used the Peniturf on right. it one time. It's never come back. I've never had that same issue. So okay. it, it, that may be something that can help you. Now, okay. if it's um, and, and do these spots I mean, the spread? Grass is totally dead. Yeah, it is spread. It does get bigger. The spots get bigger over the yeah. season. Okay, so then yeah. you're more likely going to be looking at probably a bug or a disease. Uh, chinch bugs are obviously going crazy right now. Uh, okay, and- I've had it treated for chinch bugs, and then I've also done the test with the water and everything. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. So you're getting all those things done right, um, and, and yeah. you've got all the preventers on there. So if you know you've got all yeah, those things I'm figured out, totally I'm stunned. Yeah. And, and you know, I I seeded and everything, but not the grass is totally. I mean, it's dead. Yeah. What kind of seed did you use last year? Um, the, um, I bought it from you, and I think it was like an all seasons the, or the custom, probably. Yeah. 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 Okay. okay. Yeah. Hmm. Am I better to bring a sample, a core sample, or something in? When you you could, you could definitely it? bring in a sample. What? You, let's let's try this first, though. Why don't you email okay. me? Can you email me a couple pictures? Sure. Yeah, so just send yeah. a couple pictures. Just uh, send it to zamzos at zamzos.com. Okay. Attach those okay. pictures of them, and let me take all those emails come to me. So I'll take a look at it and uh, see if okay. I can notice anything from the picture because that can that can help, and at least, um, you know, and if I can't figure it out, then we can go to the sample, but that might, you know, at least save you a little bit of work, right? Right, right, <laughs> great. And the other thing is I have two tomato plants. I'm from the Midwest, so... Okay. I can grow anything <laughs> <laughs> okay. and that, except out here I'm having challenges. Yeah. And I have two tomato plants, and I've had a celebrity and an early girl. Early girl is doing fantastic. Tomatoes are set and everything. Celebrity will not. The, the what do you call it, blossoms are just turning dark and falling off. Yeah. And same with my peppers, and I miss. The beginning of your show where you were talking about you spray them with something, a yeah. bloom set or something? Yeah, it's called Blossom Set, yeah. Set, okay, okay, I guess I'll try that then. I Yeah, definitely give the Blossom Set a try because it is, I 
it's it's one of those things where you kind of feel like it's snake oil, um, okay. but it, it it actually works. I've it used works. it a number of times when I've had you know just setting problems, and it just it turns it around. So. Okay, and then one uh, quick question. Yeah, sure. I have uh, hibiscus and phlox, garden phlox, and that, and the sun hits them, and they just kind of all droop together. And so in the evening, I get they do get uh, the irrigation and everything, but I give them extra drink at night and to perk them up. Is that normal that they do that for protection? They kind of curl into themselves. Yeah. Are they in a, you said they're in a box, like a planter? No, they're in, they're planted right in the ground. Oh, in the ground. Okay. Yeah, no, that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, they're, um, especially, you know, as, as the day goes on, are they brand right. new planting? Did you plant them this year or? Last year in the fall. Last year. Oh, okay. So they're still in their first year. So yeah, right. they're still getting established. I think it's, um, that's fine. If they're, you know, if, if, if you notice a change after watering, and they're perking up a little bit, um, yeah. then, yeah, I think you're doing the right thing. It sounds like you're doing the right thing. Okay. There. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, I'm going to try everything you told me, <laughs> okay. and then I'm going to send you email to, Fantastic. to uh, the pictures. Yes. Okay? All right. Thanks for okay. the call, Sarah. Thank I appreciate you so it. much. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully uh, I can get to the bottom of that for you because I'm seeing uh, there's a lot of lawn issues uh, this time of year, I was at a, we had an event at our Overland store the other day and I talked to a handful of, uh, new homeowners and, um, it was, it was kind of, it was kind of eye opening. You know, I kind of, uh, you know, I work, I work from home for Zamzo's at our home office and, you know, I, I talk to people a little bit and, and do the show, but I don't get a chance to really talk to a lot of customers like I used to when I was in the store. And uh, it was very eye-opening to get back in there and do a little bit more of that. And I realized I, I do enjoy it. I do like talking to people. I mean, I do the radio show every week, right? So I probably better. Uh, but getting to talk to people face-to-face was, was really was great. And it was really eye-opening just to hear because um, there's a lot of common issues that I was like getting feedback on. You know, A lot of really common things. And a lot of them are just soil-based, uh, water-based and uh, nutrient-based. Our soils are just very poor in a lot of nutrients, and it takes time to build that stuff up, especially for the things that we're wanting to do in our lawn and garden. Uh, we, we've got we've to be patient with those plants. We've got to build the soil up. We've got to get, you know, more, use more compost, use more uh, organic fertilizers that help build up the soil, and that's why, you know, we work for Zamzos why we use those products so all right we're going to go to a quick break we're going to come back for one more segment of the zamzo's garden show if you want to be a part of the show please give me a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-kboy the zamzo's garden show will be back right here on news talk 670 kboi Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and with the intense heat we've been experiencing, the two most common problems our customers are dealing with are insects and weeds. First, when it comes to insects, Zamzo's has a wide variety of effective ways to stop whatever's bugging you, including ants, earwigs, spiders, grasshoppers, and of course, lawn insects, like billbugs and chinch bugs. We're also experts at controlling flies, mosquitoes, and yellow jackets. And when it comes to weeds, Zamzo's can identify and eliminate any weed there is. 
Right now, we're seeing a lot of goosegrass, purslane, and spurge. Our most popular cure for purslane and spurge is our exclusive Zamzos Ultra. It contains four of the most effective broadleaf weed killers ever invented. We also have a new line of natural weed killers that are a safe alternative to Roundup and are very effective. Remember, our help and advice is free. So if you have weeds, come see us at Zamzos. 13 stores to serve you, including Meridian under the bright yellow water tower. Nobody knows like Zamzos. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6 on 670 KBOI. All right, we are here back on the Zamzo's Garden Show. I am your host, Nolan Guthrie. I was so I was actually kind of distracted by that music. I forgot to have it. It was so, it was so uplifting. Thanks, Tara, for bringing us in with uh, for the last segment with something so exciting. <laughs> uh, this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. If you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. We certainly have some time to get a couple more calls in. You can do that at 208-336-3700. Or one eight hundred five two nine KBOI. We're talking about heat stress. I think we're going to be, you know, we're going to be talking about heat stress for a while because, uh, you know, we're kind of now getting to the time where we would normally start to have this kind of weather. But the the problem is we've been having it for about a month already. So there is a lot of stress in lawns, in gardens, in our vegetable gardens, in our uh, trees and our shrubs. We're just seeing a lot of stress. A lot of things that usually, you know, tend to be a little bit later in the season. We're just starting to see it already. So um, we're, we're talking about some of those things. We talked about some tomatoes. I want to talk about uh, a little bit of bug damage because right now is the time where we really start to see a lot of bug problems. you got grubs showing up, uh, chinch bugs. Those are our two main bug issues for the lawn, and uh, they will show up very quickly. And what uh, what is interesting about those bugs is that typically they're a lot they're active a lot sooner than we realize. And it's not until we get hot and we have uh, water stress that they really start to kind of show up in the lawn. Even though they were there, they don't. The damage doesn't happen or show up for a little bit after they uh, we get once we start getting that stressful time. So that's when they start to really show up right around now. And uh, there's a few things we can do to, to, you know, one, we got to make sure we identify them and take care of them and do all that stuff. So we'll get into that here in just a sec. But it looks like we got Justin on the line from Boise. Let's talk to Justin. How can we help you today? Hi there. Um, hopefully you can hear me. Just heard a beep. Um, yeah, I inherited uh, with a new house a bunch of uh, grape, uh, grape vine, grape yeah. plants type uh-huh. of things. They're, uh, I got three of them and they, um, I cut them back, uh, in the fall and they just grow wild yeah. and have, uh, um, all sorts of, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they're cool. We want to keep them. We like the grapes, but yeah. I'm just wondering if, if there's, um, if you have any advice for like what time of year to be like, uh, trimming those and if there's a way to direct the vines <laughs> yeah I have no absolutely. Idea what, to, what to do with those yeah yeah absolutely so um there's there's a couple of things you pruning them back in the fall is, is is perfect you can actually hack them back so you're gonna have what you would call like the main vine right so that's the main uh main vine that's gonna all the other little things are coming off of you want you can prune everything back to that every at, at the fall. Once the leaves have dropped or are starting to drop, you can prune back to that main vine uh, every year, and that's what you'll want to do. And then what you're going to do as they start to grow in the spring, 
Um, you can set up some different trellises or you know do some different things, but typically what you're going to do is let them grow out, let those branches grow off the main vine. Once you see a cluster of fruit, that's where you can actually prune. Uh, just you want just let them go a little bit longer and then start to prune it. They won't. They'll only produce those clusters of fruit towards the the main vine. So once it gets past that. Then it's just kind of all extra growth. They're just kind of growing. They don't really need all that extra growth. So you can actually keep them pretty close to that main vine. Uh, but that first cluster, or you know, you're going to have a, usually a couple of clusters. Um, kind of, you know, usually about a f- within probably a foot, foot and a half from that main vine. And then let it grow a little bit more and then start pruning them. And that'll actually keep them in check. And you might have to do that a couple of times uh, during the spring or the summer because they're going to want to keep trying to grow. But you can use that trellis to uh, you know, to tie them up a little bit. You don't need to do a whole lot because uh, once you're pruning them rel- regularly, keeping them closer to the main vine, it's actually going to stay up there. And then you also want to try to prune out uh, those clusters. So you usually only want to have you know one or two clusters, maybe three at the most. If you notice more than that, you definitely want to take them out. Because if you have more, you're going to have a lot, you know, much smaller grapes. So you want the fewer clusters you have, you'll actually get a larger cluster with bigger grapes on them. And you'll be able to harvest. You'll actually get a lot more grape out of them that way. So because they'll just those clusters will just keep growing and producing. So that's what you yeah, that's how you want to kind of do it. And training is kind of, you know, like I said, you don't necessarily have to do it. They usually um, is it growing up on something now? Yeah, they they grow up onto the trees that are around it. Ah, okay. And so, yeah. And so, so yeah. I, I, That's I not just hacked them off of the tree <laughs> and last fall. Yeah, and they and they just went right back for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They so, definitely yeah. want to grow on something, and then the tree is not like the most ideal situation. So, what you want to do is you can do it with like a heavy uh, wooden stake that you can get. You know, we've got good wooden stakes. You can do it with metal, however you want to do that. Um, but go um, about a foot, you know, as best you can, you know, about a couple feet away from the, the, the vine on one side and then run it to, uh, are they kind of growing in a row or a line in this spot? Yeah, they're all along a fence line. Okay. So Okay. Yeah. So and, and uh, so yeah, that's if you've got a fence there, that's great. So if you you can put those stakes in there and then run some wires, uh, you know, a good uh, thicker gauge wire from each stake. Maybe use two or three stakes, probably three, um, and then use some wire between that. Usually do about three runs of wire, um, you know, kind of high, low, and middle, and. And then train, help the vine grow on that, those wire, kind of grow along that wire. Once it grows on that wire and it gets a couple years where it's kind of staying there, it won't rely on the wire as much. The wire's not really for the, the part that actually produces the grape. It's just for that initial training for the main vine will keep it on that kind of path. And then it's just about pruning. You just got to keep them from keep them from getting into those areas. Like I said, once you get that, once you see where the uh, the cluster of grapes are going to come, you know, only about another foot after that is all it's going to need, and you can just just prune out anything else. Okay, I I really appreciate it. Yeah, Thank you, you so bet. Absolutely. Yeah, grapes are fun to grow. They're really easy. They're very hardy. You don't have to water them too much. Um, you know, there's aside from a couple of issues that they'll tend to have. Very, very fun crop, and uh, they produce so easily. So 
Um, I, I would always say with grapes, typically less is more. You don't have to do a whole lot. So, All right, we are just about out of time. Um, appreciate all the calls. Appreciate everybody listening. And I uh, hope you have a fantastic Saturday. And uh, stay safe. Enjoy the weather. And uh, we'll talk to you next week here on the Zamzo's Garden Show on KBOI. I'm Josh Samzo, and if you have questions about what's going on in your garden, you're not alone. Lots of people are concerned about their tomatoes and peppers, but we love getting those questions because at Zamzo's, we've been helping Treasure Valley gardeners grow better tomatoes and peppers for 87 years. This year, a lot of people's tomatoes aren't setting fruit or aren't ripening fast enough. We can solve those problems with Zamzo's Tomato Boom and a little expert advice on how to properly water and care for your tomatoes. We're also seeing similar problems in peppers. And for that, we have Zamzo's Pepper Popper, which produces big, gorgeous green and red peppers and lots of them. I even helped a customer last week who wanted to know how to make his hot peppers even hotter. But whatever you do, don't delay, because our already short season for tomatoes and peppers will be done before you know it. So if you want to enjoy the fruits of your labor this summer, come see us now at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including Middleton on Highway 44. No.